The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Glad you're with us here at Winning Ponies. Yes, I am John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And uh, we've got uh, two guests to serve up to you uh, tonight. And first one is a guy I've known for about 32 years, uh, Gary Falter. Uh, he's originally from Columbus, Ohio. He used to race horses in Ohio. And uh, now he kind of made his way down into Lexington. Um, he worked for the Jockey Club Systems. Uh, he served as Vice President of Development and Operations. He is on top of any information you want about the equine business. He knows it. Now, back about uh, six years ago, Gary started leading up a Thoroughbred Owner View, which is a nationwide industry initiative to encourage thir- thoroughbred ownership. And we are coming up on the Breeders' Cup, and prior to the Breeders' Cup, on Breeders' Cup week, they're going to have this huge thoroughbred owner conference. It's a chance to see the stars. Uh, They've got, you know, a fantastic group of speakers. Uh, You get to be very close to people. You get in special events. So, uh, you know, you're also going to see all the equine stars like Arrowgate, Lady Aurelia, Gunrunner, Lady Eli, and who else? Um, so uh, Gary's going to tell us about the Thoroughbred Owner Conference. Uh, it really sounds like a great time. And like I said, if you do sign on with it, you definitely get the inside track at the Breeders' Cup. Now, today, uh, Saturday, I should say, is going to be a very unique day in Maryland because the day they celebrate Maryland Millions for Maryland bred horses. They have 11 stakes races on the card. I'd have to admit, I think I've been some places. I know I've been there for five, maybe six, but never 11. Well, you know, Tom Lamara, who's been a regular guest on us uh, for so many years, uh, when he was in Lexington uh, with the Blood Horse, he's an award-winning writer. He was the news editor for the Blood Horse. He kind of changed his tack over to the Maryland area, where he works for several of the uh, uh, Maryland and Virginia-based horsemen's group. So he's kind of uh, changed his role a little bit. But he was on a couple weeks ago, and he was telling us how much he enjoyed it. So I said, you know, he's got his finger on the pulse of Maryland racing. Who else to go to but Tom Lamara? Now, um, the the winning your ends are over. We're getting ready for the Breeders' Cup, but there's still some good racing on tap. Obviously, with Tom, we'll be going to Laurel Park and look and looking at the Maryland Millions. But there's going to be racing across the country, and that only means one thing: you can always use help when you're at an OTB parlor or a racetrack, and uh, the best help you can get that we know of is by going to WinningPonies.com. And pulling down the easy win forms. <clears throat> we don't ignore uh, any tracks, uh, big ones, little ones, everything in between. Uh, speaking of Laurel, uh, just uh, last uh, lucky Friday the 13th for somebody, a 50-cent Super 5 key paid $2,174 using our easy win forms. Uh, and over in the other part of the country, Turf Paradise, we had a $1 Super that paid 2185 and Gulfstream Park this afternoon, I hope you were lucky enough, hit a $1 super high five 
for $5,148. So go to Winning Ponies. We're glad that you go there to listen to our radio segment, but you want to go there to get a lot of the great insight on their racing picks. All right, so uh, Gary will be up first, then Tom. Just got some very sad news out of New York. FNX died suddenly from a ruptured pulmonary artery. Uh, of course, a grade one winner. He entered stud in 2017. Uh, he just uh, pretty much had a heart attack and died. The last people that saw him said he was sitting there munching hay, and the next thing they knew they heard was a thud. And they went to check on him. Now, he's a son of mine, Chef, but he was a New York bred. And so he was uh, relocated to McMahon Thoroughbreds of Saratoga from Quest Royal. And uh, they wanted to to stand him there. His, uh, his owner and breeder was Dr. Russell Cohen. So it's going to be very, very uh, tough for him uh, because uh, FNX looked like he was off to a really good start at stud. Uh, just a rattle your cage he, he ran from three through five uh had a record of nine three and four out of 28 starts uh, he won the 2015 clark handicap that was grade one and then uh twice he won the suburban handicap at belmont and all the way out in Oaklawn, he won the Oaklawn handicap. Uh, fast horse, he earned an Equibase speed figure of 127. Uh, he defeated uh, Belmont Stakes winner uh, uh, Tonalist in one of his Suburbans. Uh, he had runner-up effort to American Pharaoh in the Breeders' Cup Classic at Keeneland. Very, very fast horse. It's, it's very sad. Uh, they had 103 mares were confirmed in full to FNX this year. So he'll have one crop of runners, a pretty sizable one, but uh, he will be missed. I'm sorry for Dr. Cohen. Now, here's some good news for race fans. Our Kentucky Derby winner will be back to race in 2018. Always Dreaming uh, is coming back. As a matter of fact, uh, he's going to return to training here uh, next month. And uh, really looking forward to having him back there. Uh, it was it was just announced only three days ago that it was going to come back, which is great because how many times do you see a Derby winner uh, never come back as a four year old? Uh, but he he had some legitimate excuses, you know. Uh, you may recall that he was found to have stomach ulcers uh, after the Travers Stakes, and he was recently cleared of the ulcers uh, after a month of treatment being turned out at Windstar Farm. So um, he had a complete physical when he came. Uh, to Windstar. Of course, Dr. Larry Bramlage and Amy here, he's the best of the best. And they said he uh, checked out extremely well, good shape. They fixed him up. They said he had a pretty bad case of ulcers, but obviously good enough to put back into training. Uh, they treat him with something called GastroGuard. So uh, looking forward to that. So they, they found something they could fix. Uh, so again, uh, he could uh, return to the races in late winter, they say, with the Metropolitan Handicap at Belmont or the Stephen Foster at Churchill. Those are some of his early targets for his uh, return to grade one company. <clears throat> and also new owners in addition. Now Windstar Farm, SF Bloodstock, and China Horse Club have joined the ownership of the already group of Maybe Racing, the Brooklyn Boys, Teresa Viola, St. Elinas, Siena Farm, and West Point. Obviously, when, when Always Dreamings retires, he's not going to have a problem getting any mares. Now, he's already earned $2.3 million. 
You may recall he captured the Florida Derby by five in his debut, the fastest running of the race since Alidar back in 78. So that's good news. Always Dreaming's going to be back in training. All right. Well, we know who's in training for the Breeders' Cup Classic, and that's Gunrunner. But uh, he's going to uh, go to the Pegasus. They're already saying he's going to stay in training, and he's going to point to that $16 million race after the Breeders' Cup Classic. So uh, uh, it's, it's good to know he's going to be sticking around. Now, they may do what they did with California Chrome and run him in that race and uh, maybe go to a stud career. They said that it has not determined that. They'll figure that out after the Breeders' Cup, whether or not he's going to go to the stud career after the Pegasus. So uh, right now, he's got a 10-3-2 record from 17 starts, trained by Steve Asmussen. More than $5.6 million in earnings. Well, we are losing uh, one of our champions to the stud barn, and that is Classic Empire. He's being retired to Ashford Stud. Uh, You know, the son of the pioneer of the Nile hasn't raced uh, since the Preakness Stakes. And uh, he just kept coming up with a a series of problems that that set him back. And uh, so they... They're they're so shame because the problems started coming when he was at the top of his game, and uh, but nonetheless uh, he was just an amazing uh, two year old. Uh, he was the Eclipse Award winning champion, uh, and so he will be going to Coolmore. I do not believe that they have announced his stud fee yet. <coughs> Racing lost another great one. <coughs> Hall of Famer Inside Information. Uh, now, she was 26. She had been around. She was the 1995 champion, older mayor. Uh, she died October 14th at historic Claiborne Farm. Um, she was just truly amazing. Uh, she won six grade one races, earned $1.6 million, and was the 1995 Eclipse Award champion, older mayor. So she was one of those great uh Ogden's Mills Phipps Breads, trained by Shug McGahee with connections to Claiborne Farm. All right, well, let's get to some uh, race results from last week. Of course, uh, the, the big one I got to see with my own eyes was the Queen Elizabeth II Challenge Cup Series. And from flag fall to that's all. A filly that's never been defeated at Keeneland. She's now three for three on the turf. La Coronel, wire to wire, a masterful ride by Jose Lezcano, held on to win by a half length and paid twelve twenty. Big effort from Daddy's little darling out of the McPeak barn. I've always liked this filly ever since she had a uh, game efforts earlier in her career with the second in the Kentucky Oaks to Abel Tasman. <clears throat> Daddy's little darling at one time during the wagering was 20 to 1. I had to take a flyer at that. Ended up going off at 10 to 1. Was uh, Just stayed in third early, but did put in a big finish. And finishing third was the Irish bred Madam Dance a lot, a long shot in the field at 20 to 1. <clears throat> That was time to uh, go to New York. Uh, sad to say, the scratches brought the legendary futurity at Belmont down to a five-horse field. Engage, ridden by Jose Ortiz, trained by Chad Brown, was just coming off a maiden special weight, was last in the short field, and when Ortiz said it was time to go, 
the son of Into Mischief, did in fact do just that. The Chad Brown trainee got up to win last to first by three and a half lengths. Uh, Second was Barry Lee, who was a clear second ahead of Mojo Vation. Again, that being the Belmont Futurity. And then at Charlestown, what a race. Uh, One of their major races on their big day in the spotlight. And it was the West Virginia Breeders Classic, 350,000, a mile and an eighth. And what a race. Charitable Annuity, who finished second last year in this race, made up for it, was sent away the slight nine to five favorite, Christian Geraldo, who got Jockey of the Week because of his great day, uh, rated him perfectly. He was sixth, fifth, third. What a finish line. Three horse photo finish. A nose behind charitable annuity was North Atlantic, who had a brief lead into the stretch, got caught, and he just held on by a nose over Weekend Liberty. He was coming fast from the back of the pack. Okay, you might recall that we did have a uh, stakes race on Friday, and it was the Buffalo Trace at Keeneland, grade three. $100,000 race. The winner in there, as we close in on the holiday season, the Halloween season, the five to two shot, Morticia, uh, who caught Kasunga, who had uh, the, the lead mostly early on, but didn't end up hitting the board. It was Morticia. Jose Lescano, nice week that he had. That was a Rusty Arnold trainee. Uh, finishing second was a game, just a lady for the Asmussen Barn. And third was the two to one favorite, Lol. So uh, that was a look at last week's races. Again, we're going to be uh, at the bottom of the hour. I uh, have Tom Lamar come up with us uh, to uh, look at the uh, Maryland Millions races. But um, right now, we're going to go to a quick break. And we come back, we're going to talk to uh, the man who's driving the owner view bus out to Del Mar. And that's none other than Gary Falter. I'm John Engelhart, and you're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
you're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, as I told you at the top of the show, Gary Falter is going to be with us. I met him years ago in the winner's circle at River Downs. Believe it or not, Gary, it's been about three decades, so uh, we're dating ourselves. But uh, uh, So you've been on the racing game on a lot of different levels, and then you you really kind of moved over into the the, the tech part uh, with the Jockey Club information systems. I mean, anytime I want a stat or information on something, you tell me exactly where I've got to go to get a hold of it. But since 2012, uh, you've been uh, taking up the leadership of uh, OwnerView, which is a nationwide initiative to encourage thoroughbred ownership. And uh, coming up, I would have to say, is probably your biggest event of the year. And uh, Gary Falter, welcome to Winning Ponies. Oh, hi, John. Good to be here, and, and thanks for having me back. And yeah, we're pretty excited. We're about 10 days out from our uh, thoroughbred owner conference. It'll be in uh, Del Mar, California, first time we've been there, and this will be our fourth conference, and uh, got a lot of fun things and, and great things planned for the conference this year. Well, uh, I was uh, telling uh, our listeners all they have to do is uh, they can go to Overview and and, uh, and, and find out about it, um, OwnerView, I'm sorry, OwnerView, and they'll get an overview, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, your website's pretty good in that it's... Uh, of course, it just dropped out when I tried. Oh, here it is. There we go. Uh, the Thoroughbred Owner Conference. Now, uh, this is going to be during the week of the Breeders' Cup. So, obviously, there's going to be a lot of big-name people there. Uh, kind of, if you would, if uh, if somebody's lucky enough to be out there, and hopefully if they're going out uh, where the turf meets the surf, uh, they're, they're going to want to spend a couple of days. Like, kind of, what's the uh, the schedule of events? Without going into too much detail, we'll be on the phone for an hour. Right, sure. Uh, you, you know, last year, John, we aligned ourselves with the Breeders' Cup. It's been a great uh, partnership with them where uh, we're hosting the owner conference the week leading into the Breeders' Cup championship. So we did it at Santa Anita last year, had a really good audience, had great speakers, a lot of good social events. So, you know, we're doing the same thing here in, in uh, at Del Mar. Uh, the owner conference starts uh, Monday, which is October 30th at around noon, and we go through uh, about 12.30 on Wednesday, uh, November 1st, where we'll wrap up the conference. So we've got uh, two full days of conference uh, presentations and, and speakers and a lot of great topics, uh, a, a great lineup of speakers this year. And every year we try to change up the topics, uh, change up some of the speakers, you know, bring in whole new uh, uh, areas to discuss. Uh, this year we're bringing in an exhibit area where our guests can visit with different businesses in the industry, you know, to learn about their products and services. We had a great keynote speaker in Jeff Fager. Uh, anybody who's been horse racing, you know, obviously knows the horse Dr. Fager. Well, Jeff is the son of the surgeon, Dr. Charles Fager, who saved the life of, of, of Jan Nehrud, Mr. Nehrud, many years ago. And he subsequently named uh, one of his horses, Dr. Fager, who went on to be one of the best racehorses from that era. So great lineup of speakers, uh, topics, uh, social events, 
Uh, we'll start off Monday, as I mentioned, at noon with a couple panels talking about, you know, some of the, the blocking and tackling of ownership, accounting, legal, insurance. So a real good panel with a couple experts to talk about that. And then we'll have a, a panel that talks about partnerships, syndicates, and racing clubs. Uh, you know, racing clubs have become very popular these days. So yes. Gary Palmasano from Churchill will be on that panel along with Gary Fenton from Little Red Feather Racing. And George Bolton is on the panel. Um, he, as you know, uh, was co-owner of Curlin and My Miss Aurelia and uh, The Factor. So he'll talk about partnerships. And then Monday evening, we're going to go over to Powerhouse Park with all of our guests to enjoy the uh, the Breeders' Cup Classic draw and reception. So that'll be fun. And that that's just Monday. And then Tuesday, we come back with a full schedule. Uh, you're going to put on about uh, 15 pounds by the time the week's over. I see you got uh, <laughs> uh, marquee breakfast uh, visits and uh, all kinds yeah. of events to go in. Now, um, if I decide to go to this and I get a ticket, what are some of the inside track things I get? Well, what comes with my ticket? Well, obviously the entire conference, all the panels, all the presentations, you know, the Breeders' Cup draw and reception Monday night, the breakfast marquee, which is really cool Tuesday morning. We'll be there uh, trackside at 7.30 in the morning uh, in, in the Breeders' Cup marquee, watching all the horses uh, prepare for the Breeders' Cup and have a very nice breakfast. And then, again, come back and have a full day of conference. Tuesday night, we've got a very nice dinner at the uh, Del Mar Hilton. Uh, and we've got Laura Hillenbrand, the author of uh, Seabiscuit, as our guest speaker during wow. the dinner. Um, Wednesday afternoon, after the conference wraps up at noon, We'll all go over to Del Mar for an afternoon of racing and a, a nice lunch buffet in El Palio restaurant. And then if that's not enough with your registration, uh, both days of the Breeders' Cup is included uh, for Friday and Saturday where we have reserved grandstand seating um, uh, there at Del Mar for both days of the Breeders' Cup. So it, it's, a, it's a full week. It's a lot, uh, a lot of extra activities, a lot of social events. And what we've learned over the past three conferences is those social events play a big role because owners have told us that the networking they do and the people they meet, the stories they share uh, is just almost as important as the panels and the speakers that we have. So we, we have a lot of really good social events for our guests to be able to network. Well, uh, again, I see you get to uh, rub shoulders with a lot of uh, people, certainly on the racing end of it. Uh, the one panel you're going to have of uh, trainers and jockeys is going to be moderated by my friend Chris McCarron. Outstanding yeah. rider Alex Solis is going to be there. I'd like to be in any room that has Chantel Sutherland in it. And then uh, two Kentucky, uh, Louisiana, Kentucky guys, Dallas Stewart and, and, and Kenny McPeak. So you got a great mix right there. I mean, you talk about the fond of knowledge and really just stories you could hear uh, with that one. Uh, that's yeah. going to be excellent. Yeah, and, and and having Chris as a moderator, he's been he's a great ambassador to racing and and tells great stories. So that'll be a a fun panel. We've got another fun panel that I'm sure is kind of near and dear to you, journalists and turf riders. Get the inside scoop. So we put together a, a group of turf of turf riders and journalists to talk about some of the behind the scenes stories there at the racetrack and owners and horses. So we've got Kate and Bradar from TVG and Jay Privman from the Daily Racing Forum. Uh, Lenny Schulman from Blood Horse, uh, Randy Moss, the NBC broadcaster from NBC Sports, and Steve Chirac from Thoroughbred Daily News. So that'll be a very fun and interesting panel 
for our, our all of our guests to be able to see. And then uh, a lot of our, our guests have told us over the past few years, we need to talk a little bit more about claiming. Uh, because, as you know, a lot of, a lot of our races are in the claiming ranks. So we do have a panel dedicated to that. Uh, Simon Bray is going to moderate it. And Ken Ramsey, who's been in the claiming game for many, many years, will be a panelist and trainer Pete Miller and Rob Levinsky from New Jersey, who deals with a lot of claiming horses. So they're going to, we're going to have an entire panel dedicated to talk about, you know, uh, things to consider for claiming. And then um, earlier in the day, we've got a panel of uh, just women just talking about the influence of women in racing. And that's going to be uh, moderated by Carolyn Conley. And we've got Donna Brothers on the panel and Madeline Auerbach and Maggie Moss and uh, Anna Seitz. So that's, that'll be a great panel. So a, a lot of great speakers, topics, a lot of activities for people to enjoy. We're still taking registrations. We'll take them up to the day of the conference. And uh, as you said, just uh, visit ownerview.com and click on our owner conference link and uh, just follow the, follow the, the uh, steps. Now, um, uh, again, we're talking with uh, Gary Falter with, with, with OwnerView, and uh, the conference is going to take place the week of the Breeders' Cup. And um, so the one thing I want to get straight is, on top of all this stuff, you get tickets to both days of the Breeders' Cup? Right, exactly. Yeah, Breeders' Cup is a great sponsor for this conference and uh, uh, been very supportive. So, yeah, we have uh, reserved seating tickets uh, still available, not a lot. Uh, because we've got a, a pretty good uh, number of people that are registered for the conference, but we still do have some tickets available for those who may decide at the last minute that they want to enjoy, uh, enjoy the conference, meet a lot of people, learn a lot, and also go to the Breeders' Cup. And that's both uh, Friday and Saturday, correct? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, both days. Yeah, along with Wednesday afternoon of racing at Del Mar. So you get to spend three days at Del Mar uh, as part of the owner conference. And then I guess on Sunday, you just collapse and miss your plane ride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just come home and uh, and uh, take a deep, deep, deep uh, breath and a sigh of relief because it's a big week. It's an important week, and we have a lot of fun, a lot of planning goes into this. And uh, we have great sponsors and, again, great speakers. People come from all over the country. We've got 24 different, 25 different states represented as attendees. And we even have a couple guests coming from Australia and one from Ireland. So uh, a lot, lot of different people from a lot of different walks of life, and that makes it a lot of fun and very interesting. I mean, it's just great. I mean, we talk about a, a private club of racing, the fact that you'll be able to uh, you know, rub shoulders with all these people. Uh, it's an opportunity that many will n- never get the opportunity, but they're at so many levels. I mean, you've got the top trainers, the top broadcasters, the top writers, the top jockeys. Um, you know, I mean, whatever area you're most interested in, you're, you're going to have up-close and personal contact with these people. Absolutely. You know, after our first conference, uh, I got an email from one of our attendees. It was uh, a lady and her husband who were thinking about getting into ownership. They were from Michigan. And um, she said, I just couldn't believe I had access to all these people. She said, I I sat behind Penny Chenery and was able to talk to Miss Chenery, the owner of Secretariat, uh, (laughs) a a number of times. And then she said, Wednesday night, I go to dinner at Stone Street Farm and I meet Barbara Banky. And so... (laughs) And, and and not just to drop names, but just to, to give uh, your listeners an idea of you'll have access to a lot of different people uh, during the conference because, you know, those who are sponsoring or sponsors or attending 
our speakers are, are committed to make this a, a great event. Oh, sounds like it's going to be selfie city out there. All right, Gary, I got about 30 seconds left. I think that we've whetted a lot of appetites for those that <laughs> maybe were already going out there or are now totally sold because uh, you're a great presenter. Uh, how do they sign up? Where do they go? Yeah, just visit our website, ownerview.com, click on owner conference, and we've got a link there to register and uh, just come on out. Again, we've got room for everyone. And we'll, we have owners, longtime owners, people considering ownership, people who have just started into ownership. So just it, it just crosses the whole gamut of, of, of longtime new owners and people just thinking about it. So uh, come one, come all. It's, it's, it's a great week. All right. Well, uh, Gary Falter, th- thanks so much for, for joining us uh, here uh, on Winning Ponies. And I wish you nothing but the best. I know you're going to do a great job. You certainly have uh, assembled a great cast of characters uh, for your Ownerview conference. Thanks, John. I appreciate you having us on. All right. That was Gary Falter. And man, what an opportunity to uh, to get out there and, and meet some of our racing's greats on every single level. Again, uh, you just go to ownerview.com and it'll take you there. It'll show you what goes on every single day and uh, what it is you need to get involved. Well, uh, we're getting ready to take our second break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to a guy that's going to be really, really busy on Saturday because he's now involved in the Maryland program. Uh, The one, the only Tom Lamara is going to be with us. Uh, We're going to handicap a couple races, but uh, primarily want to talk a little bit about this day and what it brings together and really the, the whole kind of horse racing scene in Maryland and how it's going. I know there's a lot of history involved in the racing Uh, lore of Maryland. So let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows. This week's featured guests and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN. The Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. 
Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and with me, a longtime guest on the show here at Winning Ponies. The name Tom Lamara should not be strange to you. Uh, you know, we started working with the form, and I got to know him good when he moved to Lexington, Kentucky, because... He enjoyed taking in races at some of the smaller tracks, and that's where I would uh, cross paths with Tom quite a bit. Always admired his work as the news editor of the Blood Horse. Uh, he's an award-winning writer. Um, in days of old, he was on their weekly video handicapping segment. But since then, he's kind of uh, changed his top hat. And I thought that I had updated his bio on our website because I remember getting the information the last time you were on, Tom, but I don't see it. So could you capsulize for us now <laughs> what you are doing on the Maryland racing scene? Because you're kind of in a little bit of a role reversal. Yeah. Um, managing editor of of the uh, THA website, which is THARacing.com. Uh, communications for the Maryland THA and special projects for the MJC. Maryland Jockey Club. Gonna say a lot of initials so, there, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty active. Um, you know, I travel around to Pennsylvania, Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, etc. So, but you know, I grew up around here, so it's fine. I like it. You know, so it's good. Well, I know, I know that uh, I don't know a little while back. I don't think it was your birthday, but I sent you that book on the uh, the history of racing in New Jersey because I know you're yeah. a native of New Jersey. Yes, but, Linda Docker, uh, wrote it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but w- what can you tell me? Have you been forced to do some homework about the uh, history of racing in Maryland? Because I know it's uh, well steeped in the equine tradition. When I say steeped, I also include steeplechasing. Yes, it did. Um, you know, I, I mean, I read about it, um, you know, for the past 25 years from time to time. I haven't really um, sunk my teeth into it since I've been here because I kind of knew what it was about. You know, um, it's still a big racing state. Of course, years ago, it was, a, you know, um, had, um, had a fair circuit. Uh, there's only one fair track left at the Maryland State Fair at Timonium. Um, you know, but, um, you know, it was, it was a leader in winter racing at Bowie. Um, the training center is no longer used. It's still there. Um, I've driven past it cause I don't live that far from it. Um, you know, it's historic property, I guess you could say. And, um, yeah, um, you know, it's, it's had a long history in breeding, you know, it's trying to come back, um, since the casino industry came into Maryland and the casino industry, or excuse me, the racing industry received the percentage of the VLT revenue from all the casinos, which is, has played a big role in the larger purses and the growth of um, racing in Maryland. It's back to year round racing. And, um, you know, handle has increased for the past, I think four or five years. So, you know, it's headed in the right direction. The mid Atlantic in general, uh, you know, there's some problems, um, but there are people who are trying to work to kind of bring it together and make it what it should be. So, you know, a lot of positives here, a lot of work to be done. You know, Pimlico is a question mark and et cetera, et cetera. But it is moving in the right direction. So, 
Well, I know I, I just finished penning a six-page story for the Mid-Atlantic Thoroughbred, and I know you're doing some writing for him. If you want to find out about steeplechasing, all you got to do is go down and knock on the editor's door. Uh, I think Joe Clancy knows his way around the uh, hunt meets. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, the Clancy's are uh, regulars at the uh, steeplechase meets around the Mid-Atlantic, and um, Joe lives up, I think he lives either in Fairhill or not far from it. So he spends a lot of time up there. And, um, you know, I don't know how much you guys keep up with it, but Fairhill um, was awarded a major equestrian event. And, excuse me, I forget exactly what it's called, but um, they're going to be spending money on a renovation of the grandstand, the renovation of the turf course, and some other improvements to accommodate that. And also, um, you know, perhaps perhaps to accommodate... Um, you know, more racing in the future. So it should be interesting, you know. Um, you know, it's in a great location. It's in northern Maryland, not far from the border with Delaware, right off 95. And, uh, I think it would be a good thing for Maryland if, um, you know, if that actually happened, then it's supposed to happen. So it should be a good thing. Well, I know at some points in your life, you've had a bit of culture shock. Obviously, moving from New Jersey to Lexington was one jump. Uh, how are you liking it uh, now that you're you're back in, is it Maryland or Virginia? Uh, Maryland. Okay. <laughs> Laurel, Maryland. Uh, you know what? I like it, um, but, you know, that's not unusual. Um, you know, wherever I travel, you know, there's always a diner nearby. I, I love diners. Um, there weren't any diners in Lexington. It was always a waffle house, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, hundreds of them. (laughs) No, when you walk into a diner, you know, and you can get, you know, um, you know, you can get scrappling eggs or, you know, uh, a cheeseburger or veal Parmesan. That's really good. Um, I think that that's a good thing. So I, I've always liked the food around here and I'm glad to be back where I can get it. Well, yeah. Well, being a Jersey boy, you're uh, you're not going to your first set set of diners. That's for sure. No, 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 not at all. So, well, um, this uh, Maryland's Millions Day. What, what what does it mean to the state? When 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 I opened up my stakes calendar and saw that there were eleven stakes, I almost fell over. Yeah, it's it's um, you know outside of the Preakness, it's the next biggest racing day in Maryland. Um, you know, it was actually was the first one day state bred program. Um, really? what was it? 1986, 87 when it first, no, 1986. And, um, the second Wasn't Jim one McKay was a big part of that. The yes, uh, broadcast. He was, he was. And then, uh, the following year, West Virginia started the West Virginia Breeders Classics. And then it kind of spread around the country. And, um, yeah, it's a very, very big day. It's kind of like a, Mer- it's not, Mer- it's not Maryland pride day. There's a Maryland pride day that Laurel now has in August. Um, but this is still, you know, the second biggest program, uh, second biggest racing day in Maryland. Um, <clears throat> what's, what's interesting about the Maryland million program is, um, you know, and you can argue for or against it, but, um, you know, the races themselves, most of the races themselves are, sire, are Maryland sired preference. 
and there's kind of a cap on the number of Maryland sired when when the Maryland breads don't get in and all that kind of stuff. And I really don't want to get into it because it's kind of complicated. But no, no. But you know, I'll tell you what. I've got to ask you about that. Not now, uh, because uh, we've only got a couple minutes to our first break. But I do want you. You explained it well to me the other day. And uh, whether it's good, bad, or what other, um, I want to ask you when we get to the Maryland Million Nursery, we'll do that that race first, okay, Tom? Yes. Why the horse that would be the logical favorite in there is on the also eligible list. And I'm not trying to stir up a bee's nest, but it just needs to be explained to people that are handicapping uh, this race or saying, wait a second, it's not an overflow field and... Uh, this horse, uh, where she told me to go, would probably uh, be the favorite, um, but uh, it's on the also eligible. Don't tell me now. What I want to do is I'm going to give our uh, producer, A-Rod, he's uh, pinch hitting for Matt Widener, who I hope is feeling better. He wasn't feeling good coming to the studio tonight, but hey, we got A-Rod you know, up there swinging the um, the sticks for us. So, um, A-Rod, if you happen to be listening, I'll tell you what, let's go to a little bit of a break here. And uh, when we come back, Tom Amara is going to cover a couple races for us in the big Maryland Million Day. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and the reason we're number one is we're able to get great guests like Tom Lamara on the show, a guy that is taking time out. He shut the door. I don't know if you can hear what's going on in the background. There's a huge birthday party going on down there uh, in Maryland for, for Tom. Tom, first of all, so I don't forget at the bottom of the show, want to wish you a happy birthday, my friend. <laughs> Thank you, and there is no big birthday party here. It's just another day for me. You just kind of turn the page and move on, and that's it. 
<laughs> well, Karen tell, told me she's got a little surprise for you when you get off the air here. So get tied on, buddy. <laughs> Anyhow, Tom, you know, uh, diff- different states have different programs as far as their in-state breeding program. And uh, like, I, obviously, you know, I'm very familiar with Ohio. We have we have the registered Ohio breads, which are mares that are registered, but you can go and breed to California Chrome, American Pharaoh. As long as your mare's back in the state by August 15th, you can have that baby and it's an Ohio bread. But they also have a set of, oh, I'd say about 30, 35% of the races. I'll have to do the math on that, never my strong suit, um, that are for accredited Ohio breads. And that means both the sire and the dam um, are from Ohio. And so I guess that's what comes into play with some of these uh, races that we're going to see on Maryland Millions Day. And I, I need you to kind of just explain the, the technicalities of it, whether you like it or not, is not that important. Um, but just so people like me, like when I pull down the Maryland Million Nursery, 100,000 two-year-olds going six, I'm looking at it and I'm like, boy, a lot of these horses are coming out of the first dash stakes. And I look and see that... Uh, you know, Victor LeBron's named on where she told me to go. And I noticed, well, wait a second, this horse isn't even in the body of the race. And it's, you know, perhaps the leading money earner. Can you kind of explain to our audience why some <clears throat> horses may or may not get in these races, even though they are listed as Maryland breads? Sure. Okay. I'll try to explain this. And I hope I'm accurate. Number one, where she told me to go, which is a great name, by the way. Um, I was there that, I was there that day for the first date dash. Um, and that was the owner's day program. And they had four stakes for certified horses. And the way the program works at Delaware park is horses qualify as certified when they are, when they spend 90 days in the state, um, their two year old year. It doesn't matter where they're bred, where they're from, whatever. As long as they're in the state at a certified farm for 90 days, they qualify. So that's why they have these stakes, because they don't really have a breeding program there. I mean, there might be one horse actually bred in the state, and you hardly ever see them race. Um, So anyway, um, never mind the fact that somehow I missed this horse at 9-1 to last time, but that's beside the point. (laughs) The horse, the horse, yeah. Well, because I bet the horse that ran second, and he's the horse that I like in this race on Saturday. But um, yes, me too. Um, this horse was, you know, was was foaled in Maryland, obviously because it's a Maryland bred. But the sire El Padrino, I believe, stands in Pennsylvania. Therefore, this horse was not on the on the the first preference list. And I think the way it works is, if there are six or more Maryland sired horses in. The race closes to Maryland breads who are not sired in Maryland. But this one drew a, what, nine or ten, I think. So I think if, if one of the horses in the body of the race scratches, anybody else on the also eligible list can get in. That's how it was explained to me. I think that's how it works. So there's still a chance that the horse may get in if somebody in the body of the race scratches, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. And, and of course, w- w- when I see, um, you, know, you know, these, quote, accredited brands, I can see that Freedom Child must be one of the leading uh, uh, sires yeah. in Maryland. 
Uh, yes. You know, son of Malibu Moon, because about half the field <laughs> that's in the gate was uh, sired by him. And uh, uh, so, again, we're going to go to the Maryland Millions Nursery with uh, Tom Lamara. Uh, it, it's a six furlong dash for the two-year-olds. But uh, Jamaican Don, who is a gelded son of Freedom Child, was the horse that ran a game second uh, to where she told me to go. Um, after setting all the pace at five and a half furlongs, it looks like this horse is stable to thistle down, Tom, and it'll be uh, returning uh, to your neck of the woods uh, for the Maryland Million Nursery. Yeah, the the um, you know the his his first start, you know he he broke his maiden in his first start, you know, and you know I you know, look at the time and you go ah no big deal, but. You know, I thought that it was an impressive race. And then, of course, in the first day dash, um, you know, uh, he went off at a decent price, I thought. And um, what happened was where she told me to go got through along the inside and squeezed up inside of him and beat him. But, but you know, they both beat a, a horse named um, Prince Lucky, who um, was a first out maiden winner for Larry Jones and was the heavy favorite in that race. And I think he's pretty talented. And um, when Jamaican Don got, pat, you know, when Jamaican Don uh, fought him off and pulled away, I thought he was going to win. And then, of course, where she told me to go, told me where to go because um, <laughs> he came up the rail and uh, he won the race. And it was, uh, it was just one of those races where my friend was there, you know, and I'm like, how the heck did I not hit this race? And, you know, and, um, but, uh, I think they're both really, really good horses, and um, I don't know. Um, that's who I'm going for. The horse shipped back to Thistle, had a nice work, and now it's coming back here. So I, I want to know how you missed. Well met. I want to know how you missed that horse too. You know me; I'm a big. I keep my eyes on the equipment changes and where she told me to go. And that last start was first Lasix. Um, pretty dangerous, uh, you know way of looking at it coming out of the sapling uh who the horse and you should know this tom the horse that ran third in that race awaken um will probably be the two-year-old champion in ohio came back and won the best of ohio last week so yes, uh, i did bet him i did bet him thank god <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna let i'm not gonna let another one get past me huh right exactly <laughs> All right. Well, listen, I want to get these other races in before uh, uh, A-Rod tells me it's uh, time to take a walk. Uh, the fourth race at Laurel, this one also at six furlongs. Uh, by the way, Tom, if not that you're a, a media urologist, but how's the weather looking there? Oh, fine. Um, it's supposed to be dry for the next three, four days. Um, and on Saturday, mid to upper 70s and sunshine. So it should be fine. Yeah. Dry okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so uh, with th with that behind us, uh, this race, and again, I'm a big horse for course player. Blue Moon Ace kind of draws my eye, Tom. Strictly, you know, I'm I'm I've always been a buyer figure guy, and this horse just shades a hundred buyers in its last three races. Uh, what's interesting is the horse was uh, was claimed. 
for $30,000 and comes right back and wins a $97,000 stakes race and just gets beat in the DeFrancis Memorial Dash at six furlongs at Laurel uh, by a neck. I mean, you know, Maryland, Brad, this horse has got a big upside to it. Yeah, the the horse was claimed. Uh, somehow he um, he was entered for a tag um, in that race in July, in late July, and he got taken. And the objective was to run the horse in this um, stakes at Timonium. It was like the first stakes at Timonium for about three, four years. And um, you know, they and and of course, you know, he he won in track record time for six and a half furlongs, but remember that's around two turns at Simonian, but that's beside the point. You know, it was impressive. The DeFrancis dash scra- uh, scratched down the four horses and, um, you know, he, he only went off at three to one and he looked like he had a pretty good shot. He just got beat by a New Jersey bread. But what's interesting is the third and fourth place finishers in that race, or the next to last and last place finishers in that race came back and ran one, two by a nose in the grade two Phoenix at Keeneland. So, right. Yeah. You're right. So, you know, I mean, you're right. You you know, this horse looks really, really strong here. Um, you know, there are horses in here that I think ran really, really good races last time. Um, win place or show. Oh no, is one of them. He won one of the certified stakes at Delaware. Um, there's a horse in here that hasn't raced much that really, I think he's got a lot of talent, but this is a tough spot for him. Lewis field, um, who trains at Charlestown, um, you know, the trainer's really, really high on the horse and, you know, he, he won an allowance race, uh, uh, Maryland bred race at Laurel in one Oh nine and two. But again, you know, um, a lot of these horses haven't run against the horse, the horses that blue moon ace has. So, you know, honestly, I, I'd love to throw out a pick in this race, but I haven't made up my mind because I think that that horse is going to be pretty tough. So. All right. Well, listen, Tom, we're at the under two minutes to post, Mark, and I did want to get the Maryland Classic in. It's 150000 What's interesting is in this field, there's only three horses that won at a mile and an eighth, and that would be uh, Admiral's uh, War Chest, uh, John Jones, and my eyes aren't moving fast enough to find the other uh, horse, but uh, there's still oh, oh on the outside, Southside Warrior. Um, I, I, I I'm, I'm kind of going to the inside with Admiral's War Chest in here. I want to, but now I'm not going to because he just didn't come back after winning this race last year. He he's off form. So again, we only got about a minute left. With that said, one minute. Uh, who you like? Um, you know what? I'm going to go. With Ghost Bay, um, who should be a pretty good price. Um, you know, he's run well on the turf and the dirt. He ran on the turf last time on soft turf. He got beat by a horse named Just Howard, um, who I believe uh, won his third third in a row in that race. And um, um, I think he can handle a mile and eighth. But he shows no races at a mile and eighth. But um, I'm looking for a horse to come from off the pace, and that's who I'm going with. All right. Well, Tom Lamara, thanks so much for being on the show. I want to wish you a happy birthday. I'm not telling anybody how many candles are on the cake, but uh, you can uh, you can return to your party now and uh, crack uh, the the top (laughs) off your first can if you want. All right. 
Thanks. <laughs> Take care. We've been talking with Tom Lamara, who's uh, doing various things with the Maryland Jockey Club. I want to thank Gary Falter. Wish him nothing but the best at the OwnerView Owners Conference out there at Del Mar. And I want to thank A-Rod for pinch hitting for Matt Widener tonight. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.